In a world where televisions only show Pizza Hut commercials, there's only one man who can out Pizza the Hut. I am that man. Hi! Welcome to Geek Film Critique, uh, where we're going to explore and comment on the best, worst, and most middle in the world of cinema. I'm your host, Luke Jackson. I'm your best friend, and I am your stinky bathwater. <laughs> um, I'm excited to be here. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is our first week, and yeah, I'm really excited to be doing this. Each week, I'm going to be picking a movie, and I'm going to give you my thoughts, some neat trivia, and then we're going to explore some reviews that I've found that uh, will disagree with my thoughts on a film, and then I can tell you about how everybody is dumb except me. Uh, so this week, I really wanted to pick a movie that was accessible, uh, a movie that left its mark on Hollywood. So I took, uh, I took a dive into cinema history, and I spent a lot of time trying to pick a film I think that everyone can relate to. Uh, this movie is very important to me, and you know what? I think it's very important to everybody. It's a heartwarming story about romance, love, loss, uh, finding yourself and, and loving who you are. Celebrates its 20th anniversary this April. And we're going to be talking this week about none other than DreamWorks' masterpiece, Shrek. Uh, there's definitely going to be some Shrek spoilers, but if you haven't seen Shrek by now, you're definitely listening to the wrong podcast. Uh, before I dive into Shrek, I wanted to share a quick Shrek anecdote. Um, I, like most others, have a father. And my dad isn't what you'd call a movie buff. He has a really specific taste in movies. Um, recently, over Christmas, my family was trying to settle on a film to watch. Uh, we were looking through the Studio Ghibli catalog, which are some of the greatest animated films and stories ever, ter- ever told. And my dad said, why are we going to watch these movies? I don't want to watch a kid's movie. <laughs> and then my dad, <laughs> who's 50 years old, <laughs> removed himself from the room and watch Shrek, a child's animation film, all by himself. So clearly, there's something in Shrek that can appeal to even the most cynical of movie watchers. Shrek centers on a hardened, lovable ogre named Shrek, voiced by the incomparable Michael Myers. What's interesting is that Mike Myers was not the first choice for Shrek. Originally, Shrek was to be voiced by the late Chris Farley. And actually, Farley recorded about 80% of the dialogue before his tragic passing and the role was passed on to Mike Myers. Uh, He took the role soon after and found his first voice for Shrek in his Canadian heritage. After seeing a rough cut of the film and realizing that Canadian accents are stupid, he gave Shrek the Scottish accent we all know and love today. Uh, I personally almost wish that we could see the cut of the Canadian accent because I really think it'd it'd be an interesting take on the character we all love. Instead of, what are you doing in my swamp, it could be a, oh, how's it going in my swamp today, eh? And I think, I don't know, I think there's a lot of potential there. And so, uh, if DreamWorks is listening, I'd love to see the rough cut. Uh, Shrek, our unlikely hero, finds himself going to confront Lord Farquaad about the banishment of all fairy tale creatures to his swamp. Lord Farquaad offers Shrek the deed to his swamp if he can retrieve Princess Fiona from a dragon-guarded tower. Shrek with his unlikely partner Donkey, a talking donkey, set off on a quest, and they find a lot more than they bargained for. 
We open the film with Shrek reading a classic fairy tale in his outhouse. This quickly transitions into a montage of Shrek's day-to-day life, backed by Smash Mouth's All-Star. I bring this up for one reason. By the time we are three minutes into the film, we are treated to a poop, fart, and a burp joke. That's one humor joke for minute, baby. It really sets the stage on how unorthodox this film is compared to the other animation films of the time and that we had been treated to by studios like Disney. I think in Shrek, we are given a really good and dark setup of this alternative fairy tale universe. In 2001, Disney was essentially the only company releasing major animated pictures in Hollywood. And what better way to stick out than to show beloved fairy tale creatures being sold by their families for money? Throughout the film, Disney is continually mocked, and I honestly, I found this rather charming and really unsubtle. They don't try to hide it at all. Lord Farquaad's appearance shamelessly mocks Michael Eisner, the chief executive officer at Disney at the time of Shrek's release. You can look it up. The, the resemblance is uncanny. Duloc, the city that Lord of Farquaad rules over, uh, very closely resembles Disneyland, and the Welcome to Duloc song, which Shrek and Donkey hear, is extremely sil- similar to the It's a Small World song found in the classic Disneyland rides. Um, another connection that I saw that I, I think could definitely be related and another poke at Disney is the idea that Lord Farquaad is in search of locking up all fairy tale creatures. And I thought this could maybe be a nod to Disney's monopoly on all fairy tales. Because there really isn't another company that releases any type of fairy tale movie other than Disney. Uh, though Disney is mocked in this film, they may have actually been the first to pull punches on Jeffrey Katzenberg, the executive at DreamWorks and the producer of Shrek. If you go back and watch Hercules, the character Hades has an elongated head, and this is said to have been mocking Katzenberg's appearance. Again, I looked this up, and they are pretty similar. So if anything, Shrek could be a retaliation to a a joke that um, Disney had poked at Jeffrey Katzenberg, who had left Disney um, long before Shrek's release. I also wanted to note how impressed I was by the overall animation of Shrek. It's about it's a 20-year-old movie. It turns 20 in April, and I still thought it really held up. I was really impressed by some of the, the background visuals, especially in some of the montage scenes, and I, and I want to specifically mention the scene at the end where uh, Shrek is bringing Lord Farquaad to Fiona, and it's in a sunflower field, and the sun is setting, and genuinely, it's a rather beautiful scene. Um, I am even more impressed with the facial animation of the characters, and especially on Shrek. As much as he comes off as this brute, he's really a complex character, and I was genuinely touched when Shrek removes his helmet and Fiona sees him for the first time in the scene after Fiona is rescued from her castle. There's real pain in his face when Fiona is, I guess, shocked that it's an ogre. Um, He hates that people expect nothing of him because of his appearance. And we begin this motif of pain and misunderstanding all the way at the beginning of the film with the onion scene when Shrek is explaining how ogres are like onions. Then later, we have a scene where Shrek looks at stars with Donkey, and uh, he mentions that things are sometimes more than they appear. In this scene, he also mentions Bloodnut the Flatulate, which I think is an absolutely hilarious name. Uh, During the stargazing scene, we really dig into Shrek's pain. He says, they judge me before they even know me. That's why I'm better off alone. And I get that it's a silly kids movie, but the score and the writing at this point really give us a sadness that... I remember feeling as a kid, and then I felt really powerfully when I watched it a few days ago. 
it's a really simple message, but it was really powerful. And it's one that clearly the world still struggles with today. Another admirable quality of Shrek is its absolute randomness. We have a Scottish ogre, British blind mice, and a French Robin Hood. The director, Adam Adamson, said on this randomness, our thinking was not so much why do something, but why not do that. I think a lot of choices in this film were made because the writers and directors thought it was funny. And the fact that Shrek was made first for the directors and writers showed that they didn't take themselves too seriously. I think this is one of the reasons that Shrek has remained such a powerful film and such a, such a classic in a lot of people's eyes. You know, I still look back on it with fondness and I think it's because it wasn't made for a specific audience. It was made for a bunch of people who thought it was funny. Um, it's interesting to note that DreamWorks themselves didn't take Shrek very seriously either. The production for Shrek began in 1995. When DreamWorks launched, most of their manpower was being directed at their 1998 film, The Prince of Egypt. If animators weren't deemed talented enough or they pissed off the wrong person, they would be banished to work for Shrek. They even had a term for it called Shrekt. Uh, this makes it all the more impressive that Shrek came from behind and won the first ever Best Animated Feature Oscar in 2002, the year the Best Animated Feature Oscar was introduced. Although I had a lot of fun revisiting Shrek, the film is not without its fault. There are some parts that felt really montage heavy. Uh, we have about three montages that I can remember. There might be more if you include uh, the opening montage, but there were three montages that I wanted to focus on. The first one was when Shrek and Donkey are traveling to Fiona's Tower, and it's set to the proclaimers, I'm on my way. This one really worked for me. I thought it was a, it's a fantastic traveling song. And I think it really bonded Shrek and Donkey and how they became on these, this very unlikely partnership. Uh, the second montage that I could also really get behind was Shrek and Fiona falling in love as they are, again, traveling back to uh, Duloc. This montage is set to the song My Beloved Monster by Eels. And this is the scene where we see Shrek and uh, Fiona blowing up frogs and snakes and eating spiderweb and messing around with each other. And this, to me, really... Uh, brought out their relationship and their romance and the idea that they weren't they were no longer judging each other and we really got to see Fiona's true side because clearly she's been obviously locked up in a castle and her, her personality has been expected to be a certain way so this is the first time they're both really feeling comfortable in their own skin and so I thought it was really touching however very quickly after this montage we're given the third the Rufus Wainwright hallelujah montage and this one to me felt a bit tired. It felt a little bit forced and it accented the rust resolution of the third act. To me, it felt really simple with the characters that we've gotten to know so far. After Shrek and Fiona fall out, all it took for Shrek to turn back around to go interrupt her wedding is Doki's half mention of Fiona liking him. Based on how sensitive Shrek is and the character that we've set up, this didn't seem overly realistic to me because he was clearly so hurt by this and I, I don't think he'd turn around based on just a short, quick, oh, I think Fiona still might like you. But overall, I loved Shrek as a kid and I still think it holds up great. Now, star ratings are absolutely meaningless, but I thought it'd be fun if I rated Shrek based on something within Shrek that I loved. And so I'm gonna give Shrek four out of five blood nut the flatulence. Uh, next up, I took the liberty of pursuing some Shrek reviews on various websites, and I've grabbed some of my personal favorites, which I am now going to discuss. Uh, first is a 1 out of 10 star rating that I found from IMDB user Rambler. Uh, I think this re review is from around 2001, so right when Shrek came out. 
It says, before I saw this film, a friend mentioned that if all the fart jokes were removed, the film would be about five minutes long. So we're going to take a break right here because I took the liberty of counting how many fart jokes were in the movie. As I mentioned before, the film does start with, off with a pretty heavy use of potty humor. But as for specific fart jokes, there are two in the movie. One in the opening sequence and one at the dragon's castle. So clearly Rambler doesn't know exactly what he's talking about. We're going to hop back into the review. He says, I figured, he being the cynical fellow he is, that he was kidding. He wasn't. John Lasseter and the folks at Pixar have nothing to fear from the adolescence that crafted this thing. Probably one of the worst films I've ever seen, made all the worse by the people telling me how great it is. It seems that somewhere along the line, the powers that be decided that it needed to be pepped up a bit. And wherever there wasn't a funny bit which is most of the film come to think of it, a fart or a reference to a fart or a bodily fluid or odor would be added. Even Monty Python and the Holy Grail or Blazing Saddles have more restraint. I noticed that an entry for Shrek 2 has been posted, swell. Now they can use all the fart jokes they left out the last time. So that's the end of review. the review. <laughs> Clearly Ram Rambler has some unresolved issues with fart jokes. And granted I didn't count every single instance of potty humor, but I did take a note of the time between the first three, which I mentioned were in that montage back to back every single minute, and the fourth one. And there's about a 28 minute stretch between this opening sequence and the next explicit fart joke. So to say that Shrek is without potty humor is obviously wrong, but at the same time, it's a movie about an ogre. I don't know what Rambler expected. There are gonna be jokes about how he's a bit of a stinky boy. And it seems to me that Rambler saw first Shrek's first fart kill a fish and basically checked out of this one. The next review we have is another one-star review from IMDB user RavenX2. He starts his review by saying, There was little to no story, and what was presented as a story in the advertisements was done away with at the very beginning of the film. I doubt that Shrek will hold this high of a rating for a long time. Look at how fast it took Phantom Menace to fall down the charts. So this review is from August of 2001. Shrek is currently sitting at a 7.8 out of 10 average on IMD IMDb, an 84 out of 100 on Metacritic, an 88% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 87% on Google Reviews. So, <laughs> cool try, Raven. Your comment aged like milk. Also to say that Shrek has little to no story is next to blasphemous. It quite literally follows the basic story conventions of fairy tales like Beauty and the Beast, Rapunzel, and Sleeping Beauty. Yet it lays out its own unique universe where these stories coexist. And this may not matter to some, but Shrek was also nominated for the Best Writing Oscar. Which is a big deal if you consider what it went up against. It went up against A Beautiful Mind and The Fellowship of the Ring. That means the Academy voters watched Shrek and thought, yeah, this story can compete with The Lord of the Rings. So I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous to say that it has little to no story. Uh, we're going to hop back into the review. Raven X 2 says, in terms of animation, it looks nice. But sheesh, this movie was just another excuse to take cheap shots at Disney. And while most Disney animated films have morals, there was no redeeming value in this movie at all. The moral of the story was what? It's okay to be ugly, just not short? So I don't think Raven X2 is being very fair at this point. And let's take a moment to review some morals presented by Disney animated films. 
The Little Mermaid tells us that if you want to find love, you need to change literally every aspect about yourself. The Hunchback of Notre Dame tells us that regardless of our personality, if we're ugly, we still probably won't find love. Sleeping Beauty teaches us that it makes total sense to marry the first guy who kisses you in your sleep. <laughs> Obviously, I don't believe that that's what these movies are about. But I do think that you can spin any movie to have crappy morals. Raven X2 goes on. He says, The characters were all pretty much annoying. At the end of the movie, which was where the princess transforms, it's pretty predictable. As I was thinking to myself as the smoke covered her body, okay, so she's going to change into an ogre? I'm way ahead of you guys. It's a direct cop-out of the Beauty and the Beast story we all know. I think it would have been a heck of a lot better had she transformed into her female human self and fell in love with the ogre. At least that way it would have presented a message. <laughs> So, congrats, Raven X2. You predicted the foreshadowed cinematic reveal of a kid's movie. Not much to brag about. Also, I don't understand how he thinks it would have been better if Fiona remained as her female self and then married Shrek. The fact that she was an ogre didn't make her fall in love with Shrek. She fell in love with Shrek when she was in human form. I don't get how being in human form at the end would have presented a different message. The last thing Raven X2 says, he says... Only message I found here is Peter Kratzenberg hates Disney. Well, he can suck my tape of Toy Story, a film that exceeds every 3D animated film ever made. So, it's Jeffrey Kratzenberg, not Peter, but I gotta give it to Raven X2. Toy Story is a pretty good movie. Uh, another one-star review from IMDb user MexLover05. He says, if today's youth find these films funny, there's a real problem with this country. Of course, I knew that when they elected an ineducated hick as president in 04 and a cartoon as governor of California in 03. I thought this was awful. Forgive me all you American girls who love this crap. Movies are made to be something. This is nothing. <laughs> you hear that, folks? Shrek is the reason Bush won. I wish that I had the absolute hate in my heart to watch Shrek in 2001, then witness Bush become president and the Terminator become government and say, this is all that green guy's fault. <laughs> okay, well, I think we've had some fun. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up there. I appreciate you listening. If you've made it this far, I really appreciate it. We're going to be doing this every week. And if there's any movies that you want to hear talked about, send me an email at luke.jackson at thegeekwave.com or you can follow my Twitter page which is at underscore underscore Luke Jackson uh, and I'd love to hear from you guys I'd love to hear any recommendations that you have your thoughts on Shrek uh, I'm really excited to get this podcast started and please let me know if there's anything you think I can do better or if there's anything that you liked or if you just want to say hello I'd, I'd really appreciate it uh, before I go I'd like to leave you with the wise words of a Google reviewer named Isaac Loretto I watched this, and then the next day a green monster ate all three of my children. Please remove and destroy this movie, for my sake. Uh, thank you. Uh, my name is Luke Jackson, and this has been Geek Film Critique.